Welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming back for another session of uh, InShape Inspire 2020. And today we got a real treat. I know e-learning has been on the minds of a lot of people this spring, uh, even before this spring, but certainly uh, uh, going into the uh, fall season. And we're very, very fortunate today to not have just one presenter, but two guest speakers today, uh, Mark and Becky Fulmer. And, and it's probably no chance, uh, just a, a circumstance or a coincidence that you guys have the last name, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what a coincidence. I can't believe it. I don't know how that worked. Yeah, who knows? Well, Mark, I'm going to start with a little story here because you and I met years ago at uh, Midwest District and, and just poor judgment on their leadership. <laughs> they paired you and I together uh, and uh, uh, we shared a, a, a campus dorm room at the time, I believe. And uh, I remember you and I that whole time just talking about, boy, the vision we had. That was before you were uh, president of Illinois, was before I was president of Indiana, was before you became a district teacher of the year and all those sorts of things. And we just could see the potential and the vision and what uh, health and physical education could be if we could only just change a few things. And uh, we kept talking about when's that change going to happen? How's it going to happen? And in none of that discussion did we ever think that it would take a global pandemic and, and worldwide social unrest to get us to this point today. But here we are. I, I'm just shocked. That, that was not in the uh, the game plan there in our conversations while we were doing puzzles and talking and whatever else uh, that we were doing uh, if, with that comp, uh, get together. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I want you guys to introduce yourself. Becky, I'm going to start with you because if we get talking too much on those old stories, uh, yeah. it's, it's going to be over here. But Becky, give us your educational background and what you're doing these days. Yeah, so um, I have my bachelor's and master's in PE, but I never actually taught PE. Um, I, when I came out of school, I also had my degree in math. And so I taught math for 19 years. And then I went into the computers classroom. Uh, and then at the end of my career, I became an instructional coach. And um, that was when I was really, really lucky because I got to go back into working with health and PE teachers and um, I really, really enjoyed having that opportunity and being able to support them. I know a lot of times um, health and PE people don't tend to get the amount of support that, that they should have. Um, and so that just kind of sparked me a lot and, and really made me realize how much that's really where my heart and soul is. And uh, so as I neared retirement, I started getting more and more involved. And ultimately, I have been, the, I'm currently the past uh, president of the Northeastern District of Iaford, which is our um, largest district, over 50% of the teachers and PE teachers in Illinois are in uh, the Northeastern District. And uh, so Mark kind of got me into that. And uh, so we've, we've been, you know, very, very, very busy uh, presenting and doing all sorts of things since, uh, since I've retired and now since Mark has retired. Well, Mark, uh, the two of you, uh, both of you have given so much uh, to the health and PE world. And I do say world because you have this great website and we're gonna talk about that uh, here in a few minutes. But uh, uh, Becky, let it out of the bag. You don't have to go back to school this fall. So, but give us some of your past of what, uh, where you taught and, 
um, your experiences. I, I taught uh, in, in Calumet City at a middle school uh, there. Uh, that was where I taught my whole career, 24 years. Prior to that, I was involved with uh, Governor's Council on Health and Physical Fitness. It was actually a cooperative effort between that organization and uh, the United States Olympic Committee, and that was uh, the director of the uh, Prairie State Games, uh, which was Illinois' version of the Olympics. And um, so that I, I come to education, my bachelor's was in physical education, but my master's was actually in sport management and, and uh, uh, the interest there. And that's what drew me into Prairie State Games first and then, then moved into the teaching profession. Um, I've, I've, at the end of my career, teaching career, was really when I started getting involved heavily in uh, leadership responsibilities and roles, whether that was at the state or local level of IAFERD. And then that moved into, as you alluded to, Gary, uh, the Midwest uh, District of SHAPE and as well as SHAPE America itself. And, and that's where, when Becky mentions passion, that's, that's something that I really have a drive for, uh, the continuation of improving upon our health and physical education profession and, uh, and whether that's through a, a leadership role or through a mentorship role, um, but trying to help the profession out and the people that are in the profession right now as much as possible. Great. Well, we, uh, I have a few uh, housekeeping things that I want to cover before we dive into the details here. Um, for our listeners today, uh, you will find on the Lanny page from which you're watching this uh, video here that uh, we have searchable uh, or uh, quotes that you can uh, share, shareable quotes. Uh, and so these are things you could copy and paste uh, and share with your professional learning network on social media. Of course, uh, please share on social media anything that you uh, hear today or want to, uh, to share. Uh, you'll see at the bottom of the page that uh, we have uh, resources. So anything we talk about here today as a resource, we'll link it all up and make sure that's accessible to everyone and you can download that and look at that in more detail um, when you have more time. And then at the very bottom, you'll find a link for feedback. We'd like to know what you thought of this session. And in that feedback form, you have the ability to uh, request a PGP certificate. So a professional growth plan certificate for your time today that can go towards your uh, relicensure. So uh, those are three things. I'll mention those at the end, but uh, it's always good to know that when they, hey, what did they say? Don't worry, we got, uh, we'll have that for you there. Um, so anyway, we like, uh, Becky and Mark, we like to start these sessions uh, with at least one definition or, or I shouldn't even say definition, but common language. You know, sometimes we use terms in education that have multiple meanings or mean different things to different people. And so on the, let's, let's talk about common language. When you use the phrase e-learning or the term e-learning, what does that mean? Or what do you, th do you wish that people would think that means? Why don't you take that? Um, well, for me, I, I guess, I, I sort of view e-learning as something that we really should be doing all the time, not just when we're not in school or when we're not able to be in contact with kids, because I think that it's, it's an opportunity to provide uh, learning 
no matter what the situation. Um, and I think we can do it within classrooms, even when we're face-to-face. -face. I think we um, can utilize technology. I really kind of view it as any time that we're utilizing technology um, because I view technology as another tool to help students learn. And to me, if we're not taking advantage of every single tool that we have, then I don't think we're doing our job as educators. So for me, I really just view e-learning as just an extension of what we would already be doing in our classrooms. Uh, the more that we familiarize kids with the ways that we can take advantage of technology to learn, the more they can utilize that in their own personal lives. So we can do that, as I said, face-to-face. -face. We can do that um, in an e-learning or remote learning environment. Um, and I just view it as another tool for people to use for growth and for learning. And I think all of us in today's world are using technology to learn all the time. We're doing it right here, right, right in this particular situation. And, um, and I can't, I, it, it, sometimes I think about it, I just cannot believe that there was a time when I didn't have this type of learning <laughs> available to me. I don't know how I learned anything um, because at this point in time, I just rely on it so much and I take advantage of it all the time. And uh, I think we have to teach our kids to appreciate it in that way as well. And, and to just to follow up on that, we can we can leverage that mm -hmm. at some point, you know, the normalcy will return. And uh, um, there are things that we can do where by using technology, it allows us to duplicate ourselves, for instance, so to speak. Uh, it allows us to add back uh, activity time for our kids because we can have them, obviously, when they come directly into the gym, they can immediately start some kind of instant activity or warm up while we're taking care of our administrative responsibilities that we have to do before each class. So there are just so many ways that when we talk about e-learning, it's really leveraging technology to our, our advantage. And in whatever format that might be, uh, we, we just need to take advantage of that situation. And if I can but, just add one more thing, um, you know, the way I look at this whole situation is that this has created an awesome, awesome opportunity for us. I mean, I feel like parents understand better how kids are learning. Kids learn better how to learn remotely from all of, of what has occurred. And so now a physical educator does not have to rely solely on face-to-face -to -face time to teach. A physical educator can teach both during face-to-face -face time as well as in a flipped learning type of a situation or at any other time outside of the classroom. I think you'll see physical educators having kids do homework and as well they should for whatever reason we just haven't really chosen that route in the past but there's no reason why kids can't be learning about physical education topics um, outside of the classroom. And so now I feel like because people have become a lot more comfortable with this whole environment that we really have an opportunity to take huge advantage. Excellent. I, you guys summed up greatly there. You know, it's, a, it's the means, it's not the end. It's, right. it's the right. way that we can facilitate better outcomes and uh, to reach people in new ways and, and to make our jobs more fulfilling, hopefully. 
uh, you know, that should go with it. So before we get into the e-learning uh, details and a lot of the resources that you have, you know, bigger picture, obviously, change, you know, we're you all using these same words these days, right? Change, unprecedented, you know, unforced, you know, whatever it is. Uh, op but opportunity, I think, is a good one. But uh, change for a lot of us, and for all of us, it's scary, it's uncertain, it's chaotic, uh, it's confusing, uh, those sorts of things. And so there's, you know, if you kind of put it on just one simple plane and you can't, you know, this is an opportunity either to lean in or to lean out. And so I know, you know, if you look at the, the, the title of your uh, presentation today, you know, taking charge, I think we know the answer from you guys is leaning in. So I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, if you're going to lean into some change here and taking charge. Um, and let's just start at, the, you know, the relationship with the front office and the administration and all the questions that are going on there. Absolutely. There's the, the, the first thing that, that if, if physical education teachers and health teachers haven't done so yet, they really need to make sure that they reach out and they are having conversation with whatever administrator that, that they need to talk to, whether it's principal, superintendent, both, uh, curriculum directors, whoever it might be, they need to make that contact. Um, it is so vital because there are a lot of conversations that are occurring at the administrative level right now. And we want to make sure that we have a voice at that table, that once decisions are being discussed and then obviously being made, that we're a part of that whole process. And, and you know, we talk about the advocacy role of, of our profession and as physical education teachers. And, and truthfully, that should be ongoing all the time. But if you haven't made that connection, then this is really a critical time for you to make sure that you go and have that conversation with them. Make sure that they're aware of you uh, and your program and what you have to offer to the students. We've got to remember it's, it is about the students and, and we want to make sure that we're part of that whole conversation. Um, as, as those decisions start being discussed and made, those administrators are going to come back with maybe some, some comments of, well, we can't do this, or we can't do this, whether it's with the schedule or with the facility or equipment, whatever it might be. And that's where as, as a professional, we need to already have those thoughts in our mind of what, what is plan A, B, C, D, so that as they come up with these potential roadblocks or challenges, we have the answers for them that, that we can do our job, that we can provide our health and physical education programs to our students, no matter what the situation might be. But you can't do that if you haven't had that relationship developed with that administrator. You have to have that conversation. You've got to be able to advocate for your program. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what, everything that Mark's saying is so important and it's just really, really important that you've thought everything through. Um, don't wait for them to come to you and say, you know, this is what we think you need to do. You know, think it through and figure out how you best can meet your students' needs. Um, I really, really think it's important to be taking some time and looking through those national GLOs, or if you're using the state standards, your state standards and your, I don't know if you call them performance indi indicators in Indiana, um, but 
you really have to look at all of what we have to teach and start thinking about what can I teach under certain circumstances? So what are some of the things that could easily be taught in a social distancing environment? Um, what are some things that could easily be taught if we were remote learning? And, um, and I also want to just point out the, the, the concept that it is very unlikely that anyone is not going to have to do some level of remote teaching or e-learning at the beginning of the school year because some students will very likely not be able to attend school. So you're probably going to have a certain percentage of kids that will not be able to attend school. And that means you're going to have to provide some sort of remote or e-learning um, for those students. So really thinking about what are some of the things that we can truly address through that e-learning environment? Um, and I think we've talked about this a lot, and I think lots of people have talked about it a lot, that in this, this past spring, we did a lot of just straight physical activity. And while physical activity is obviously sort of our base line of thinking in physical education, it is just a base. And we really, really, really now need to be very careful to be thinking about our outcomes. What is our why? Um, make sure that we're designing lessons, whether it's a remote lesson for those students who are not in school or an in-person lesson, that make sure we're designing lessons that are addressing specific standards uh, or specific GLOs uh, because if we're not doing that, then it doesn't look like we matter very much. Um, and it's just very important to make sure that everybody sees that we are providing a quality physical education program. Well, you know, in the context of uh, e-learning and what we saw this spring, uh, you know, I hate to use the PE with Joe, right? Uh, the, you know, the daily email or daily video clips that became very, very popular, which you know, without much guidance or framing, people may be very confused on the difference between a, a fitness video or physical activity and what physical education really is, especially when that's being beamed into the into homes in your community. Absolutely, yeah. It, the, the physical education profession did a great job at, at getting that activity part out. We did what we had to do under the initial circumstances, and and there's there's value in that. But now we've got to take it that next step. We've got to put that the education back into physical education moving forward here. And as, as Becky was mentioning, we've got to make sure that we include the why in everything that we do. Kids need to understand that. And because we do share out a lot through e-learning process, parents are going to see that. And that's, a, again, we go back to the advocacy piece. That's a great advocacy tool to the parents and sure. ultimately they're part of that whole decision-making process uh, of your school district and when a parent sees value in what is being offered to their kids they're going to be obviously much more supportive of that program so this is this is really a, a very uh, uh, influential opportunity that we have here Sure, you know, explaining the why, and you know, this is maybe to an audience that did not have a very favorable PE experience. When the mm -hmm. parents were kids, they see this and they go, oh, 
I wish I had had that, you know? So uh, you really almost have to assume that, especially with distance learning, that you have all of your parents, it's as if all your parents are in the gym watching you teach every day, right? Exactly right. right. Absolutely, and, and again, that, that's exciting. That's, that's a positive situation that we can take out of this kind of a horrific negative situation. Right, so, um, you know, uh, there's obviously, and we're, and we're having a lot of conversation this week with uh, the Inspire 2020 on the importance of when our kids are coming back or we're, we're now having an opportunity, there's going to a lot of, be a lot of concerns about social emotional learning, about mental health and, and that sort of thing. And that's certainly the emphasis, but we certainly don't want, uh, you know, the, uh, as they call it, the summer slide is now a lot longer in terms mm -hmm. of academics. Uh, people may have uh, uh, heightened anxieties, uh, um, depression, those sorts of things. But we also have, uh, we got to make sure we got that whole triangle in there, I think, and, and, uh, and think of restorative wellness as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the, that social emotional learning aspect of it, uh, first to address that piece, I think that's going to be really important just because of, as you mentioned, the, the, the traumatic or trauma that kids have experienced. Kids are used to routine, I, I think. And, and even now coming back, it's not going to be something that's set in stone. And we've got to put kids at ease because if kids, in my opinion anyway, if kids aren't at ease with a situation, then really it's, it's become stressful and, and how much learning comes out of a stressful situation. And um, so that, that we have to address that social emotional learning aspect of it. I know there's all sorts of resources on Shape America's uh, Health Moves Minds program that, that teachers can, can go to to get those sorts of resources. Yes, we, we have some resources that we can, we'll, we'll share out as well. But um, we have to, uh, I think, re-educate kids when you mention restorative uh, fitness. Um, we do have to come back and, and talk to the kids about how important it is taking care of themselves, not only mentally, but physically, and how that plays a, a huge role in our overall growth, as well as learning uh, situation. And that's gonna be a real key role. And I think physical education and health can, can lead the way without any doubt, in my mind, we can lead the way uh, with this. And I think it's gonna be a much more critical uh, a situation as we come back in. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's another place where you need to really advocate with your administration. You really need to be talking to your administrators about the role that the health and physical educators can play in really taking the lead in social emotional uh, learning and, and wellness. I think, um, unfortunately, I don't understand it for the life of me, but very few administrators seem to see health and physical educators as their point people when it comes to that. And I don't, I don't understand how it has gotten to that or why it is that way. Um, but the bottom line is we have to go out there and tell them that we have resources and we can teach these things and we do have ways to help um, in this realm. And I think that 
um, if we don't take advantage of that and really show them that this is one of the areas we can really be leaders in our buildings, um, then it's on us. Yeah, and I think there's the opportunity, obviously, they think of it in terms of the resources uh, when things escalate in individual situations, especially, you know, like on the mental health side and that sort of thing, where I think tier one, that opportunity is wide open to us yeah. because I think they're thinking a lot in these terms of tier two and tier three, you know, if you uh, think of systems and that sort of thing. So I think that's still a wide open opportunity for our, for our educators. So I'm going to pivot you right now just so we keep enough time for the learning side. But, uh, you know, a, a couple points to hit that you had a relationship is very important, especially with the decision-making process, uh, compassion, advocacy, obviously uh, flexibility, um, um, uh, basically taking a uh, opportunity to uh, pivot, moving just beyond uh, necessarily the next lesson and, and the next thing and, and uh, really incorporating the whole family into that. So the tools to do all that uh, in, in, the, in the electronics. So tell us about the website, uh, what's it called? I know we're going to have a link to that. So, uh, but uh, uh, how'd you come up with that name? Why are you guys just pouring your lives into this website? <laughs> you want, you, you can start uh, it off. Uh, so really uh, the website is CBHPE, CBHPE, which stands for Chromebooks in Health and Physical Education. And it's cbhpe.org. Um, the only... <laughs> The reason that we named it that was because of the thing that sort of got us going on this, which was that we were going to a lot of conferences and the only thing we were seeing out there in terms of sessions related to technology um, were mainly heart rate monitors and iPad apps. And mm -hmm. I kept saying to Mark, you know, I know for a fact that over 60% of schools are, are choosing to go one-to-one -one with Chromebooks. And now it's up to, I think, closer to 70 or so. Um, and I said, what, what worries me is that people are going to conferences and thinking the only way they can use technology in PE is if they have iPads. And that really concerned me because I felt like it just wasn't the case, number one, but it's just what, since that was the only thing anyone was seeing, that that would be what people would conclude. So um, I wanted to start having a way to share um, lots of different resources that could be used um, in particular in Chromebook districts. Well, as, it, as it's turned out and as it's sort of moved forward, um, truthfully, almost everything we share on the website can be used on any device. Um, I tried to make sure that uh, whatever I share, I've at least taken and adjusted it in whatever way I might need to, to make sure that it can be used on any device. So I test it on every device. Um, some things, iPads tend to be a little bit slow with loading with certain things. So <laughs> they might struggle a bit with some of it because some of it is pretty resource heavy. Um, but in, in hindsight, I wish we hadn't named it CBHPE because it's more than Chromebooks. Um, it's really any really integrating technology in any way in, in health and PE, but, um, but it is what it is. Um, so, so let me ask you a question. Um, how much does it cost a year? Uh, how much registration information do I have to do to get to this website and all these resources? 
it, it, everything that we share is free. It's, and all you have to do is go to cbhpe.org and that gets you to everything that we, we offered out there that people have offered out there. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you, can, yeah, you can create an account if you want to. Uh, that allows you to be able to post in the forum if you want to post and share something or if you want to ask a question in the forum, in, which is the, our idea tank. Um, so you can create an account if you want to. Uh, it's not necessary to get anything that's there. Everything is shared freely. Everything comes from the community um, and ourselves. Uh, everything is something, most, most everything uh, is something that was originally shared uh, on Twitter. And I asked permission from the owners if they would allow me to put it up in general. And, um, and that's how it goes. And it, it's just a process. As I said, uh, the only, the work that we do in between getting it from Twitter and having it up on the website is just to try to make sure that it's ubiquitous access. We want to make sure that, you know, it, it's not something that only certain people can use. Sure. We're trying to make sure that everything we do is editable, which um, is our primary concern. Uh, because we know that teachers need to be able to ensure that any resource they use in the classroom meets their students' needs. Um, and we know that even from class to class, you may have different needs. So the resources we share are almost 100% editable. The only ones that would not be editable would be something like a video, if it, some things are better in video form, and so those obviously wouldn't be editable. But um, pretty much everything is editable and it is all free. It's, we, we make sure that we use mainly Google um, apps. So it's usually slides or docs or sheets uh, because we know that everyone can use that free. Anyone can set up an account. There is no uh, charge for any of that. And we just wanna make sure that these are things that are accessible to any educator that would like to use them in their classrooms. And, uh, and literally we have people from every corner of the globe who has chosen to uh, allow us to post and, um, and we yeah. just appreciate them so much. The PE community is absolutely amazing. They're so, so, so generous. And uh, you know, some of the resources that we have are hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work. And sure. um, you know, if one person puts in many, many hours on one resource, that's a lot of work. But if we share all those, we have all these resources that um, we couldn't by ourselves, we wouldn't have enough hours in the day to do. So in terms of these resources or assets, uh, two questions. Uh, one is, is uh, about how many different resources or assets are available if I go here oh and God. in this, this you know, <laughs> approximately, I but, do not uh, have, I do not have. Are we talking uh, dozens? That, we're talking hundreds? No, no, we're talking no, thousands? thousands, thousands, yeah, thousands. Many, many, there many, we go. Many, many so, um, you, you know, unless yeah. someone's got a thousand plus resources and assets in their back pocket, this is worth checking out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so like in gifts alone, we have over 3,000 gifts available. No, so, there you go. Um, just, just, just in gifts. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. So what are the, uh, uh, just, you know, obviously we can't go through a list of 3,000 or thousands of these, but what are some of the greatest hits? The things that people seem to, man, I love going to this website because I, you know, 
I, or, you know, best downloads or whatever it may be, just kind of a, a greatest hits, if you will. The, the projector uh, tab information that's uh, underneath that tab is, I know that's a, a, a big interest because so many teachers are incorporating a projector into their classroom and that's where you get to actually duplicate yourself, so to speak, uh, and, and, and not have to perform in front of the kids. The kids can see it. And it, it, in long term, it, it saves the, the, the physical Your education body. teacher's body, truthfully. Um, <laughs> and, and that's just, that's a whole another sidebar. Um, but then there's our templates uh, category where you can actually go and, and find a template to create something on your own that meets your students' needs, your classroom's needs, which, which is really important. And then probably the, the biggest thing that has been used since um, the spring has been the HPE at home, uh, where teachers have just shared out all sorts of information that could be pushed out to the to students and their families at home during this uh, this this past spring. And awesome. one of the things that that I want to mention is like on that page, for example, a lot of those resources do tend to be more activity based, mm -hmm. and um, no matter what resource you might use. Everyone just needs to remember that sometimes you might need to add this or that to it in order to truly make it a part of a, of a truly good lesson. And it's really important that everybody is thinking about the pedagogy involved every time that you're, you're utilizing a resource. So this resource might be only one small part of a, of a large lesson. And so you need to think about, you know, how are you setting up your lessons? Um, what are you doing, you know, as an intro and what are you doing to for closure and, you know, you really need to think through your lessons. Um, but the fact that so many people are willing to share these parts of your lessons that can really save you a, a tremendous amount of time is just is just awesome. Well, great. I know we're running out of time here, but I think that's a really important part there, uh, Becky, is that uh, a lot of people are looking at lessons they may have they may have been the greatest hits, but uh, if they were oriented in such a way that social distancing doesn't allow that in the future, right. that uh, this is really a, re a time to rethink a lot of that. And you, sometimes when one door closes, a better door opens. So this may be a real opportunity mm -hmm. to, uh, to up your game. I, I know we could talk for the rest of the day and going into tomorrow. And, and I hope we're gonna have to find another way. Uh, I, you guys have been great in terms of coming to Indiana. I hope you keep coming back to Indiana uh, for the conference and other events that uh, we do. And, and I'll keep coming up to uh, uh, Chicago and for Illinois Aford to have the time of my life there as well. So I wanna just thank you for your time today. It's, it's been just a pleasure to, uh, to catch up and see what you guys have been up to. Really so appreciate much, it. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you to uh, InShake too, because you guys are awesome there. You've got some great people. Awesome. Oh, thanks a lot. We make good neighbors, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we do. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in closing, everyone, I do want to remind you of those three things. Uh, we have the shareable quotes. So please uh, share on social media or uh, uh, you can grab those, or, but they make also notes uh, for uh, the session today. Um, number two is, is that uh, we have links to the resources, especially the website we talked about and, uh, and, and other ones that we've talked about today. And then lastly, at the bottom is feedback, and uh, that form is also used for your uh, PGP certificate. So 
thanks a lot. Hope to see you at a, a next, uh, next session here. And uh, until next time, Fulmers, stay safe. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you.